0: From the NHRL Studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. And I'm Lindsay. And today on the podcast, our interview with Ben Burton, Captain of Terror Tops.
1: We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Castbox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support.
2: Time for this week's combat robotics news. I have three news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat this weekend in Southern California. On Saturday, Southern California Attack Robots will hold a 60-bot tournament at Mounty Makerspace in Walnut, California. November Necrosis will feature fairy weights, ant weights, plastic ant weights, beetle weights, and beetle weight sportsmen. This is a well organized event put on by the team behind Mad Catter. Check out details on robotcombatevents.com. An update now to a story we brought you last week Innovation First International, the parent company behind Vex and Hexbugs, has responded to allegations that their work culture is toxic and sexual harassment is rampant, writing in part, quote, by no means are we attempting to minimize an individual's experience, but we are at a loss to understand why several employees who left our company as far back as 2016 would suddenly decide to begin posting negative comments now. Not a great, uh <laughs> not a great response, I would say. Uh, and it just gets worse from there. Uh check it out, uh, the full thing on Chief the, the Chief Delphi forum. Um, IFI CEO Tony Norman was reportedly removed from the board of directors for the REC Foundation. The nonprofit that organizes VEX robotics competitions, which reach more than 100,000 students internationally each year. BattleBots has not commented publicly on the news. The company sells a very popular line of BattleBots toys through HexBug at Target and online. And finally, applications are now open for NHRL's 2023 college grant program. If you haven't heard yet, NHRL is donating $1 million to college combat robotics teams in the US next year. They're hoping to give out grant money to a total of 100 colleges. The application deadline is December 15th. So if you're connected to a college combat robotics program and you want to apply, check out details on www.nhrl.io. And that's it for this week's news. After the break, our interview with Ben.
3: This week on the podcast, we have a very special guest, Paratops Captain Ben Burton. Ben is studying game design at Staffordshire University. He joins us today just a few weeks after his debut season at BattleBots. Uh, Obviously, we're going to delve into some questions today that are non-NDA breaking. Um, Just get a little bit of history about Ben. So welcome to the podcast, Ben. Hi. it's Great to be here. Thank you so much, Ben. Um, So. I know you are uh, across the pond, um, but I wanted to ask you, how long ago did you get back to your country? How long ago did you, you how long removed have you been from America?
4: Yeah, um, I probably got back like three weeks ago. I okay. flew here right out of Vegas. So. <laughs> wow, that's a long flight. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. So this is, so Terror tops. let's
3: go ahead and uh, start there because how many combat robots have you competed with before
4: TeraTops? I have competed with zero before TeraTops.
3: Zero robots. Got it. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll talk to you about your origins in the sport, but let's go ahead and talk about yeah. Terratops first. Um, could you describe TeraTops to our listening audience? What
4: does it look like? What does it do? How does it perform? Um, well, it's a four-wheel drive <laughs> with a lifting arm, So, and it looks like a Triceratops. hence the name. Um, so the way it works is the spinner actually doesn't make contact if the lift is still down, which we've gotten quite a bit of flack about from the internet. (laughs) That is what it is. Oh, I was part of that internet. I was part of that internet for sure. (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. It is kind of unorthodox to have the damaging weapon, not hitting, um, Definitely an interesting design choice, but we wanted to mainly focus on being con- a control bot with that spinner yeah. in like the back pocket to still win judges' decisions and do well with the damage. Because if you look at someone like Whiplash, who our bot is heavily inspired by, when they're running their spinner, they're like hitting the opponent out of their own like lifter. So they may as well not have one or the other. Interesting,
3: interesting. So you wanted to have your control bot and get damage points too, essentially. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, like last season, I mean not the one that was just filmed, but the the one that aired last, uh Whiplash did not run their spinner once the yeah. entire season. Um and yet yeah. did incredibly well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh a ferocious bot,
4: even without the spinner.
3: Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, so what got you into combat robotics? What were your experiences with it before you decided to build a 250-pound robot (laughs) and bring it to another
4: country to fight it? (laughs) Well, me and my sister growing up always watched Robot Wars in the UK. Um, And then when we actually moved to America about 10 years ago, I'm back in the UK now, it's a bit complicated, but... (laughs) Um, we started watching BattleBots when it got rebooted. And we were already doing like VEX robotics, and stuff like that. So we thought, oh, this looks awesome. Uh, and we'd gone to a couple of tapings. So we tried designing our own. Um, we started with a 120 pound robot. And the same year we built that, RoboGames shut down. So we never got to compete with it.
3: Good timing, good timing.
4: <laughs> yeah, we're the best bet. <laughs> As you see later, when we move, uh, we make a robot right after BattleBots has left Long Beach. (laughs) It's where we're based from. Uh, But yeah, so we built the 120 pound robot. We use basically the same drive we have now, uh, just two long mags with chain reduction. Good old tried and true.
3: um,
4: Yeah, we built the 120, it all worked. We tested it all in a tennis court without getting caught. Um, And then a couple years later, we decided to have a shot at BattleBots. So we actually first designed a brain, a 250-pound brain. Amazing. Yeah, that was meant to be in last season, season six, I think that would be. Um, But we built the 60-pound version, and the physics just said, no, this can't work at this scale. Basically, the friction from the G-force, would, well, the G-Force would make a bunch of friction in the motors because we were still using brush. Um, so we didn't end up getting one working in time. Greg said we would need a proof of translation and all that before actually getting in. Yep. So we moved to something a bit more tried and true. A four-wheel drive, that, uh, which I'm sure you've seen plenty of.
3: So I want to ask you about... Your melty brain, because obviously you went far in that discussion.
4: Yeah, for sure.
3: For a little bit of context, um, we just got done with uh, the live stream for Norwalk Havoc and H R L this mm-hmm. um the November edition. And um there is a melty brain sprinter there called Project Liftoff. Yes. That did exceptionally well in this tournament, and they are really getting translational movement down to a science. Um, There's a very small melty brain community that kind of all share their ideas. I'm sure you were a part of that. Um, And uh, they are amazingly talented. And even at three pounds, they figured out that they had to go to basically a hub motor system to get the physics to work.
4: Yeah, the things people have done with melty brains are amazing.
3: So the biggest melty brain we've ever seen, on TV anyway, was nuts too.
4: Mm, Yeah
3: did you have any conversations with that team to like kind of prepare your, your version of a Melty brain?
4: Well, this is going to look a bit bad, but we actually didn't talk to anyone, <laughs> which was a big mistake. Just Greg? Yeah. <laughs> you just talked to Greg Munson? <laughs> yeah. We just talked to Greg saying, Hey, we're going to build this. Cause like, uh, that was with mostly my sister. She, we, we got something translating. It just wasn't spinning fast enough for us to be happy with it. We, made a translational test but she's right like a genius at coding. I think she's working at SpaceX now for electrical stuff. Wow. Yeah. So we ended up getting one moving, but we were using uh short mag motors, the brush motors instead of brushless, because if we use brushless, we would either well yeah, we'd have to have um a gearbox or some kind of reduction, which like you can't really have in a melty brain, we figured it would just kind of get smashed. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And so we just had a direct drive short mag uh, just in a brick of like inch and a half thick aluminium and then like inch and a half thick UHMW before getting to the inside uh, with like a couple hard ox teeth on the outside was what the main design would have. And this is a bar. I know most melty brains that I've seen have been circular. But we thought that that wouldn't really scale that well at that bigger size, yeah, and would probably be a bit harder to control, um yeah, so we ended up going with a bar because that would also mean we could have like it could reach further, mm-hmm. they wouldn't really need to get as high of rpm but yeah, ended up the physics disagreed with it fundamentally, it was like thousands of g's <laughs> we figured out at the tip of it, um. So we ended up scrapping the idea, sadly. It's still on the back burner. We'll see how most green technology evolves and what those very clever people figure out. Like project liftoff, I know they're using cleats on the wooden floor. Um very much so
3: cleats on a wooden but, floor, yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about that this weekend. Super interesting. Man, that's so cool. I would love for you guys to um revisit that idea. Um Especially now that you like know people within the community, and you can, you know, get help, get advice, get all get all those things that are so important within this this realm. Yeah,
4: <laughs> we hope so.
3: Um. All right. So that you designed this, obviously you didn't uh, get in with it, and then you reapply again with Terratops.
4: Yeah. Um, originally going by the name Attitude Adjuster before we figured out the whole theming thing, and we kind of rushed to apply with it, Uh, so so we like got the full CAD done in February and replied in February. That's the deadline it said it would have, and then after that we went through like 10 different full iterations of the CAD. I was just talking to a bunch of builders, getting their input on it, and I think it turned out great. We found a good theme for It took a while to get that dialed in. We actually originally got denied because It just looked like a box. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is fair. It did. (laughs) Um, So we added those uh, nice yellow ribs and a tail and made it look very complete, very like put together and thought out and managed to sneak in, unfortunately, as an alternate, which I don't think has been said yet. But we we got there, and you'll have to see uh, how we did. I can't say
3: that. Some of the most popular robots started out in the alternate position and get invited back now every single year and have toy deals and all of that. So that doesn't mean a whole lot for your first season.
4: Yeah.
3: Um how did your first season at BattleBots go? I mean, clearly we're not asking NDA breaking <laughs> questions here, but like is it what you expected? Is it what you thought it was going to be? What was uh what was like the most striking difference between your expectation and reality?
4: Um, it was a lot less stressful than I thought, if that makes sense. Like, obviously there was... I have never heard that before, okay. <laughs> there was a lot of stress in the actual robot part, but everyone was really helpful. Your opponents weren't, like, banking on you failing, which we come from Vex Robotics, which you would never see anyone lend anyone parts of that. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It, it was definitely an amazing experience. Um, we're hoping we can go back again next year.
3: <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, we're learning a lot um, like right now in real time about the culture uh, at VEX Robotics, like corporate, and how that, I guess, translates into the tournaments themselves. Um, and it's not all that great. BattleBots and the combat robotics community in general has it's so interesting because you're not the only team that kind of uh was surprised by that mm. um it's so welcoming it's so open they're just like hey we want to see your stuff wow what are you working on that's so cool let me help what do you like do you need to borrow this tool what's going on um and like yeah it's so interesting to hear people kind of coming from other other robotic like parts of the robots world or parts of competition and finding out that battlebots is completely different you know they're They're not nice once you're in the arena, but outside the arena, everybody's one big happy family in a weird way. Yeah,
4: everyone just wants your robot to work. (laughs) (laughs) Really refreshing. (laughs) So
3: tell me about your team. Um, How did you get them together? What made you decide on the folks that you brought? And uh, what were their roles kind of once you you got on site during the build?
4: Yeah, so um, for the start, it was just me and my sister. We we did all the cadding and design for all that. But when we were accepted we realized, hey, we're gonna need a lot more people, like well relatively a lot more, to actually get this done um and get it built and stuff, because it was just us two working in our garage. And so we got my friend Victoria, who was on Axolotl, um, so a bit of experience there and was on some other Vex teams, that's how I knew her, uh, to come and help out with like building it and Hit maintenance and uh, she actually made the logos and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. The Jurassic Park style, definitely not stolen logos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we have a couple members of our team. We have a couple people from my sister's university robotics team, which is USC, um, that vex robotics team. And then one of them, Raman's girlfriend, uh, Dad's a mechanic, so she or something like that. So she has a lot of experience with that kind of stuff. So she helps out when it came to filming and help with pick repairs and such. So that was the general role.
3: Very cool. So you had had a kind of varied uh, like background of people on the team, but were they all kind of vexy? Did everybody have a little bit of a vex background at least?
4: Yeah, everyone had a bit of
3: vex in them. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of vex in them. I love it. All right, so here's a question that I like to ask uh, first-time BattleBots competitors. What do you wish you had this season that you're definitely going to bring next season?
4: That's an interesting one. Um, we learned a dead blow hammer and a belt sander. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had, we had a lot of stuff. We brought like a whole garage with us, basically. Good, as <laughs> you should. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we just rented a U-Haul so we didn't have to go through BattleBot's crate and stuff and just loaded up the bandsaw, the drill press, and the lathe. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much it. We do need more power tools. Um, Every bolt on our robot, except for when we borrowed something from someone, was done with just a socket wrench. Whoa! (laughs) So after a fight, when they're rushing for us to take batteries out and get a move on, We're just sitting there with a socket wrench, taking off the hundred of bolts in the top plates to get them out. So that would definitely be useful.
3: (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. That's a big one right there.
4: Yeah. I think production would definitely like it if we got some power tools. (laughs) Yeah,
3: for sure. For sure. All right. So you really, I really appreciate the fact that you guys went, I guess what is now considered old school. You went with mag motors. Yeah. You went brushed. Yeah. Um. You know (laughs) the field has gotten increasingly brushless at the heavyweight scale for a while now. Mm. What? Uh. Did you? Do you think you're going to repeat that process, or have you gotten the brushless bug?
4: We're we're staying brushed. Um. At least for the drive and everything. We have brushless weapon, but we don't want to risk it breaking. Really. Um. Like we have a system that works, the bot drives about, it lifts, it we flung their test weight around very nicely, which is all I can say about how the lifter works. But um we don't really see a need right now to swap to brushless. We think it like we already have a bunch of changes we want to do. We don't think adding that on top is really the best of plans. <laughs> And we already have some motors.
3: Yeah, don't invite the Bruce yeah. Lewis gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and talk about that. What are some of the changes you're most looking forward to working on for next, uh, next season? Mm. I mean, assuming you get invited back, all that fun stuff. Yeah,
4: well, we're hoping to make it, the main chassis, a bit less box shape. Because um, it is just like four inch thick pieces of alu in a square. That's the main thing. So hopefully we can add some nice shape to it make it look like what they want bots to look like, and put a bit more thought into the ribs and the decorations and all that, because I think they turned out good, but um, they were definitely a rush job. They were just some heat-bended polypropylene that we spray-painted the night before going. <laughs> no way! That's what that was? Yeah! Wow, that looks fantastic! Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, everyone was thinking it was aluminum or something like that,
3: but yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was. I thought it was aluminum that you guys had, you know, laser cut or whatever, and then you bent it all. Yeah like you just like heat bended it around a mold or something. It mm. looks
4: great. Thank you. Yeah, we um we just got those polypropylene plastic cutouts from uh exometry actually. And we we just printed a positive and negative mold for each rib and heat bend each one individually around that. <laughs> That's uh, so
3: funny. Uh, Zometry was a sponsor for this uh, most recent NHRL. So I've mm, been instructed gosh. many times over the past weekend to say it's pronounced Zometry.
4: Uh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zometry. <laughs> it's
3: uh, it's all good. It's just in my head. Yeah, It's literally written on like every piece of paper that we saw. Like, please pronounce it like this. Excellent. Um, that's really cool. <laughs> that's really, really cool. So, uh, aesthetically speaking, you're thinking changing kind of the shape of the bot a little bit more.
4: Yeah, probably. We think we can get it to look better, and we think we can save weight in a lot of
3: places. Would you want to like theme the lifter, like theme the lifter a little bit more? I mean, it's um, it looked great, but obviously, like you could probably make it look a little bit more like Triceratops horns.
4: Yeah, probably. Um, might try a bit harder with that. Actual chunk of the lifter arms we're not sure about changing because we don't know how much we can take away before it starts to disintegrate.
3: <laughs> right.
4: Um yeah, you guys um you and I talked about this
3: before. That's all UHMW, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, the arms are just inch and a half thick UHMW all the way through. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> cool. <laughs> so if they get like hit by anything, they should just wobble about and uh because we just have a stock gearbox in the back, we don't have any Clutches or anything like that between that and the actual lifter. So ideally, the arms just kind of wobble, and none of that shock gets into our robot. It all just disappears.
3: That's a fantastic <laughs> idea for a clutch right there. Just uh, just make the uh, the arm super wobbly. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
4: that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, we got that from Whiplash. The arms also just UHMW until the end.
3: Very cool. Very very cool. Um, all right, so a little bit more intentionality with the decorations, perhaps a little bit change on the actual lifter shape. Yeah. Uh, what else would you be looking to change? Is there anything like super technical that you're like, oh man, we really missed an opportunity there. Was there like any uh, serviceability parts of it that you're like, oh man, we really messed that up. We had <sighs> so much time to our process.
4: Yes, uh, definitely <laughs> serviceability. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we knew that to take one drive motor out because it, Actually, slots. Uh, well, I should say we. The way we do the drive is we have an outer plate and then an inner drive rail, and then we have the inner, like big old rail where the lifter goes on. The drive motors go through, and they, they connect all three of those plates. They like they're attached to all of them. So to take one out, we were planning. Oh yeah, we have to take this half of the robot off. It's a bit of a struggle, but that's what it is. We then ended up uh, in testing figure out the keys, the key stock for the that was connecting our lifter sprockets on would shear. So we ended up actually welding those to the shaft, which meant if oh, we want wow. yeah. So that was that was a bit of a chip. That was good though. Um but to take one drive motor out now, we have to take the entire robot apart <laughs> because the um lifter that being welded meant we couldn't take one side of that off without taking the other side off, which meant we had to take the other drive motor out, so the other drive side. Um, So that was a bit of a struggle. (laughs) We're definitely going (laughs) to... I bet production love that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so we're definitely going to make some slots out like the bottom of the robot. um, So we can just take the bottom plate off and then just kind of slide the drive motor out in the future.
3: Makes sense. Makes sense.
4: Very cool and we're hopefully going to save some waste in some places so we can run our bigger spinners all the time. Um, because for, like, horizontals and stuff, we had to run a 20-pound spinner, 20-pound vert, whereas in other cases, other configs, ideally we run our big 40-pound disk. So hopefully we can save enough weight to run, like, a 30-pound most of the time. But, yeah, that's where the plan is for now.
3: Hold on. Your main disk is
4: 40 pounds? <laughs> yes um the disc we want to run most of the time is 40 pounds it's it's a big disc
3: that's huge uh, yeah for like a secondary <laughs> yeah. weapon as you're considering it that's
4: massive amounts of weight yeah it's it's a bit crazy we're still surprised we got it all in weight with that because that's like two proper primary weapons um i think end bar uh, Barve run most of the time is around 40 pounds. Wow, as well. So, yeah, we're like have an end game size weapon, well, weight weapon, um, with a whiplash arm basically over the top.
3: And you're still running brushed drive motors.
4: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I I don't understand it.
3: <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so tell me a little bit about your theming this year. Uh, the team. Costumes, from what I understand, are, uh, they harken back to some, some favorite moments from cinema. Yes. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about, like, your theming, who came up with that, and what you guys all look like.
4: Yeah. Um, for the thing, we all kind of came up with it together. We wanted something we could walk out with that really distinguished us, some nice costumes. And so we decided on paleontologists, type clothing which of course leads back to jurassic park (laughs) um so we we all come out with some like cream i guess you'd call it uh polo shirts with some vests over it and nice like indiana jones hats (laughs) very dr alan grant yes
3: love it for sure love it
4: yeah we we put our our own patches on like the vests and the hats to make it look like it's a Very complete thing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, while there, we actually 3D printed some big old magnifying glasses (laughs) and ordered some brushes from Amazon. So you'll see us with those as props when we come out.
3: Oh, I love it. That's so fantastic. Yes. You've got to have good theming. I feel like nowadays, especially with the newer teams, Um, you know, the days of them accepting people who just come in and look like, uh, you know, guys from a, from a bowling league uh, is is just not really allowed
1: anymore
3: <laughs> um that's great, yeah, that's great. who were you pitted around? who did you kind of like get to interact with the most and kind of work with the most and get the most advice from on site
4: um well, we were right next to whiplash which is very helpful, yeah, and uh Captain Shredderator and Gigabyte and cobalt
3: oh cool. you had like a super experienced area,
4: yeah, it was very helpful um Because we couldn't find the epoxy for, like, battle hardening the magmotors before we got there. Um, And so, like, we ended up, Scorpios actually lended us some of that. And then Captain Shredderacer they helped us with that because they have a lot of experience with doing that. So it was very helpful. That's awesome. Being all that there.
3: Yeah, they put you with, like, a bunch of veterans. It was like, hey, thanks for setting us up for success. That's great. Sure,
4: it was more than helpful to have all of them there
3: that's great that's really really good um man that makes me so happy for you so who were like because this was a pretty rookie uh heavy season i guess now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic they're really allowing a little bit more newbies to come in um which other newbies did you see that were like super interesting to you? I know you're a fan of the show, so yeah. you, know, you got to see them firsthand at the tournament itself.
4: Like, who did you see that you were like, oh, that's interesting? That's really cool. Hmm. Well, I guess it depends how much you counter rookie. <laughs> the Ripperoni was amazing. Um, like, just for firstly the fact that bot was asymmetrical. Yes. Like, I don't think any other robot really. Is like that, I guess. Mad Caddis, some of their configs are, but yeah. So that was wild to see, and the fact they have like a counter spinning flywheel inside, as well as their giant spinner, <laughs> it's just an incredible robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also right next to us, kind of a little bit further, was Emulsifier, who's like their disc was giant. Like We went in thinking our oh, 40-pound disc was big. Then we just see bears sitting there and we're like, oh, well, that's, that's a disc.
3: <laughs> their 30-pounder just won yet another NHRL this last Whoa. weekend. Um, their 30-pounder has been just terrifying the East Coast for a long time here in the U.S. Yeah. So I was so happy to see that they were able to get the, the 250 uh, accepted um yeah it looks amazing it, it looks so good they i mean those guys just do such a great job on that team They're, they they really care yeah. about the aesthetics and like it's just so professional it looks great that's really cool so um i've read or heard a rumor that you guys have applied for robo games which is coming up uh, next year
4: yeah we're uh, fully accepted for robo games and planning to go so <laughs> that's
3: fantastic so should be fun um have you like considered any and it's going to be essentially the same bot or are you going to try to test some new things before um, um actual battle bots
4: there it's going to be the exact same bot <laughs> none of us have any time to really build new things before robo games happens so we're taking the parts we didn't use from BattleBots and just sending it straight to like, it's sitting in our garage right now. None of us are able to really do stuff on it. So it's it's just sitting ready. We got, yeah. And then we'll, we'll push it. We'll see how far it goes into RoboGames because that's a very challenging competition, having like a 30-minute turnaround between fights. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It will definitely push it to its limits. So excited for it
3: most assuredly most assuredly i'm really excited that robo games is back i think it'll be a great opportunity for you guys um to kind of test your wares
4: yeah for sure yeah we're we're kind of sad that it kind of also happened at a bad time because it's right when we got a 250 up and running As it comes back it came back last year we would have probably gone with our 120 finally had it do its thing
3: (laughs) but it's not that is no longer together. You said you use pretty much the same drive system in that for
4: Tops. Oh, we, uh, the same design of the drive. It's still, it's still fully together, just leaning against the wall in our garage. You just <laughs> don't want to try to run two bots there.
3: No, we think it's going to be way too much. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. It would probably be a lot. Yeah. Man, that's cool. That's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, so maybe, maybe one day. Um, Have you thought about building a robot under 100 pounds? I
4: have. I have always meddled with some beetle weight cats. Um, I've never really had the time uh, to build one, but I'm hoping to get one built soon. <laughs> this always cracks me up. You hear so many people say, oh,
3: yeah, start with a smaller bot. You know, uh, one pounds, three pounds, totally accessible. Build a beetle, build an ant um and see if you like it learn from that and then move up to a higher weight class and maybe if you get good at that maybe you'll be able to like (laughs) build you know a 30 pound and see how that goes and then maybe eventually you'll get and the you line jumpers you people that are like (laughs) you know i think i'm just gonna go ahead and start at a lightweight or a heavyweight we're just gonna just build a 250 why not why not
4: yeah what could go wrong i mean now now i've done battle bots i can really jump in the big leagues with some beetle weights i you know, you want to make fun of it
3: as a plan or as a method, but like Aaron Hill, who was the champion last year at BattleBots, literally the world mm-hmm. world heavyweight champion of BattleBots, um, yeah. he just built his first Beetle this year.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's they're very different. Like, you get a sense of a competition, I think, with Beetleweights, but I'm not sure how well you can just, like, scale up a design. It. Yeah. You can't.
3: No, yeah. Like 30 pounds, 30 pounds and up, you can kind of scale to a degree. I mean, clearly, like looking at emulsifier, that is a straight up scaled up 30 pound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So clearly that works. But no, you can't do that with a three.
4: Yeah, you can't really do that that much. So all we figured we'd be getting out of doing a really lightweight one is um, the experience out of combat event. But we. Had already been to like a lot of VEX events, a lot of VEX, like world well, championships, where it's like 15, 20 minute turnaround between matches. Um, so we have that experience. We figured, hey, we can probably do this. <laughs> Maybe stupidly, but yeah, just jump right in. What could go wrong?
3: So you mentioned that um, a big difference between a VEX competition and this combat robotics competition is uh, just the, the general community vibe the general like community mores um at combat robotics folks yes. are willing to loan you tools willing to help you out with stuff teach you stuff um and at vex not so much what are some other major differences that you notice that surprised you
4: um at vex a lot of the time people are a lot more critical of your robot and stuff because over there you're trying to figure out oh who do i pick as my alliance partner for like this next match or something um and so you're always thinking very critically of the other robots, whereas at BattleBots, you can just walk around and be like, oh, that's a sick robot. I really like that. <laughs> and you don't have to overanalyze all the other bots there, if that makes sense.
3: Yes. Yeah, you can just appreciate the designs and you can appreciate the work yeah. that they put in. and
4: Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And then in VEX, it's always... Uh, the opposite of BattleBots, because at BattleBots, you're always trying to like pull matches back to give your opponents the most time as possible to get in and get in the fight. You want to have a fight, um, whereas Vex, you really kind of try to rush the refs to get the next fight going so your opponent doesn't show up and you get a free win. <laughs> it- <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which is a bit scary, but that's Vex. That's, that's, that's the, yeah. the
3: the goals are different, right? Because at BattleBots, your goal is yeah. TV time. Your goal is to, like, showcase yeah, what you have can do. Have good
4: fights. Yeah,
3: have a good fights. Mm. Showcase what you do. Put on a great show for the audience.
4: Yeah. Yeah, whereas Vex, you just want a trophy.
3: And yeah.
4: That makes, makes everything a bit more toxic. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you considered or thought about doing any of the live show events that are coming up? Have there been any discussions about that with you?
4: Um, we thought about it. We were definitely gonna go if we got denied the BattleBots. Um, sure, but we are thinking now is we'll focus on like first Robo games with whatever time we have, and then getting the next bot working. Um, we think if after Games we still have a robot and all of us are in town for a weekend, we might pop down to Vegas and, uh, well, call Greg first, but then <laughs> pop down to Vegas and <laughs> try to get a fight in and such. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we'll, we'll see what happens, is our general feel nice. for nice. it. We
3: would absolutely love to have you guys come play at NHRL if you ever build a
4: 30 or smaller um mm, yes yeah, so we'll see uh i'll see i've always liked an hrl and been wanting to go so that's cool it's <laughs> fun
3: it's fun to go even as uh even as just an observer and oh, okay. the audience experience there. yeah um so tell me so you've built your first heavyweight <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> You've put an entire season of BattleBots kind of in the can. Was it worth it?
4: Oh, definitely.
3: (laughs) Yes. What did you get out of it? Like, what was the thing that you that you like? You feel so fulfilled about with it?
4: I don't even. I don't think I can pinpoint it. Honestly, it's just. It was very surreal being there. Didn't really like sink in that. Oh, we're BattleBots until like the fifth day or something, but. Just walking in after getting like checked in, walking to the um, table to get like where my pit is, and just being like, "Oh, that saw sort blade of like sitting on that table <laughs> like <laughs> it's such a wild experience, um, and getting to fight with a robot, being in the arena when the lights flash and turn green, then you go brain dead for the next few minutes <laughs> um it It was crazy. I definitely wouldn't give it up. Are you driving the bot as well? Um, I'm doing the weapons, so the lifter and the spinner. Well, actually, we share the lifter, but my sister's doing all the driving. She was driving for all her Bexu stuff. She um, won the world driver skills for that, so we figured... Yeah, she's pretty good at driving a four-wheel-drive robot. <laughs> you should probably put her on the yeah. sticks. Yeah,
3: okay, that makes a that makes lot <laughs> sense.
4: Yeah, because that's all four-wheel-drive <laughs> box robots. And they're honestly the same size, which is kind of crazy. Not the same weight, of course, but the same footprint.
3: Clearly, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and then uh, she was actually, we wired up our transponder, we wired up some of the joystick axes to a Lil Vex controller. <laughs> um, so she was just using that to drive and then on the back button, she had lifter control and then I would reset the lifter after uh, she like hit with it.
3: Oh, very cool.
4: That's a smart way of doing it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Very cool. Yeah. She had like the trigger and then I would just get it ready while she reoriented herself after a hit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, all right. So now that you've been through a whole BattleBots, what are you most proud of? Uh, with your design? Uh,
4: We like that it's different. Like, we really like that. Uh, And we're very impressed with how it came out, how it looks. We think it looked very, like, professional and very clean. We showed Greg, hey, this is what we're going to make, and then we made it. And it looks pretty much exactly like the render we sent him.
3: It looks exactly like the render, yes.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is really important to do. If you can if you tell them, hey, we're gonna make this and it's gonna look like this, and then you show up with something that looks like what you said and does the things you said it would do. Like the lifter is functional, the spinner spins, it drives. I think that's yeah. A really good thing to show.
3: Increases confidence in your team for sure.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and like being we're very proud that apparently we were the first rookie to pass inspection on the first go. Nice. Kind of wild. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah, we got there the first night and just went and one-shot inspection. Very happy about because we just did our first functional test in our like driveway the night before we drove up. (laughs)
3: That's amazing. And you already knew you you knew how to pass the safety, you knew exactly what needed to be done. Um and like you said, you're using like tried and true Motors and and design techniques.
4: Mm, yeah, for sure. That's all awesome. Yeah, we're we're very happy with how we did and how it turned out, and um, can't wait for people to actually see it.
3: <laughs> I'm very excited about it. It's good. It's a good idea to build a bot that like kids, especially, are going to latch onto.
4: Um, oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't like dinosaurs?
3: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. All right. So if you could join another BattleBots team. Who would it be and why?
4: Oh, well, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I might say Sawblaze because, like, walking past them, they have a they seem to have a like big like group morale kind of thing going on. And yeah, it I've always loved that robot. so being to be able to work on that robot would be amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with them.
3: And learning more about Jameson Goh's process would be amazing.
4: Yes, for sure.
3: <laughs> he's just so very methodical. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, he's a big deal at the NRGRL scene as well. He, uh, he has won a golden dumpster with pretty much every weight class he's ever built.
4: <laughs> um, <laughs> I would put it past him. He's crazy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Um, that's amazing. So if you were going to give somebody advice on how to do the thing that everybody tells you not to do, which is build a heavyweight robot as your first competing <laughs> robot, what would you recommend?
4: Mm. Ask lots of questions. Like, no one is going to think less of you if you ask them something. Like, I asked Aaron Hill a bunch. I asked uh, Shane and Endgame, uh, Madcatter, all these cobalt all these teams i asked tons of questions about uh how to do this and should i do this or what's the best way and we ended up with a solid bot like we think i think the worst thing to do is think oh i know how to do this it's easy it's a box with some wheels and go and build it yourself and so definitely ask questions
3: i love that i heard a quote this weekend uh that really stuck with me if the person knows enough to ask I'm definitely going to give them the answer.
4: That's a good quote. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Isn't it? I like that. I like that a lot. Um, That was, that was, uh, that was uh, Jim Casmer talking about melty brains and like how that community of melty brain builders works. Um, And he says, we're not going to give you like our designs, right? We're not going to hand you what we do on paper, but if you know enough to ask, we're going to give you the answer. Yeah.
4: We should have probably asked Um, some things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing that one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially with something as difficult as a Belty for sure. Um, But that was ambitious. You know, you guys were working it out. That's fine. Yeah. Um, So now that you've gone through a season, are you looking for sponsorships? And if so, what kind of sponsorship would you want to get?
4: We're definitely looking for sponsorships. Um, This last season, we made all our parts. aluminum and we made them on just a cnc router made for wood really yeah <laughs> in our garage that we kind of tricked up to be able to cut it and so each piece took like an hour or two um of time this next season we we don't think we'll have much time like in our garage um as this has got a full-time job now everyone's starting to graduate and such and so I, we're really looking for like a Manufacturing sponsorship, Zometry. Um, I mean, if you're listening, I will pronounce your name right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's really what we're looking for. We have a bunch of batteries and motors and stuff, but we don't think we'll have as much time as we did last season, because we uh, CNC'd and then drilled and taps every hole on this robot by hand. Um,
2: wow.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Took, took a while. It took some strain. They definitely have some calluses to show for it.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: I mean, especially since you apparently didn't have an impact driver. So, like, that's crazy. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs>
4: all hand-tapping. We don't have a tapping arm or anything like that. <laughs>
3: what? That's crazy. That yeah. is absolutely crazy. Oh, okay. I mean, it's your <laughs> first time. I guess it's good to go through that experience. I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think aluminum is going to be yeah. the, the material choice for the body next time around?
4: Oh, yeah. We love it. Um, I, I think steel, welder's steel, can just go very wrong. Um, obviously, I don't know that much about it. I haven't looked into it that much. But I feel like getting a bend in that instead of just a chunk taken out of aluminum is a lot worse. Yeah. Um, it's like our side pieces were, and for all our pieces on the edges, were inch thick. So if they get hit or something, they're still usable most of the time. Um, aluminum, it likes to chunk. It doesn't really deform and keep that shape. So yeah, it might look a bit scuffed if you end up going into the arena with, a, with like a chunk missing from your front plate. But it's better than being down apart, And it's a lot easier to work with, in
3: my opinion. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, when are you designing a BattleBots game?
4: I I've always played with the idea. I'll I'll see how it goes. Um I have some things in the works, maybe. We'll see if I ever run something by Greg.
3: (laughs) That's what Greg told us. He just wants someone to do it, bring the idea to him or bring a concept to him. Mm. And he's probably gonna approve it because he doesn't want to put any like like he's not gonna go hire a team to do it. But if somebody comes up to him and is like, hey, what about this? He'll be like, Yes. Do it, go. Um, (laughs) So so this is a golden opportunity for you, I'm just saying.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously TeraTops would be the main robot in it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right on the the front cover, right on the title page, of course. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of games, I mean, I found a few on the internet, but like, what kind of games do you design? What kind of games do you have out there now that people might be able to see?
4: Um, Well, the ones I have out there right now don't look that good. They so made in like 48 hours. <laughs> um, but all those ones are like 2D games. Right now I'm making a 3D roller skating shooter, if that makes any sense. Um, no, what is a roller skating
3: shooter? It's like a first person shooter on roller skates?
4: Pretty much. So it's basically a time trial roller skating game Hey, you get to the end of this track, but you can turn the camera without turning your body and you have a gun. <laughs> So, <laughs> while racing down this track and like steering with A and D, you're looking around and shooting enemies, and the gunshots are like affecting where you're going. And uh, it might be a bit much to control, but we'll see. <laughs> that sounds like so <laughs> much fun. Goes. Yeah, and um, me and my friend, hopefully releasing soon, uh, have a factory building game like Factorio or something, which I'm sure some battlebots watchers (laughs) might be interested in very cool what are you
3: um because i know you're going to school now yes what kind of game design work do you want to do after you graduate like what what would you what do you see your career trajectory being at this point
4: um well i might i might have a like it's hard it's hard to really know um what I'll end up doing. Also, I'd like to work on indie games, like my own stuff, but that's a bit out of reach most of the time. Uh, I'll see if any games I make here take off, but if not, I'll try to get a foot in with a AAA studio. Um, before going to uni, I got to like the final stage interview with Respawn Entertainment, who make Tyson Fall and stuff like that, but ended up getting denied because of lack of experience. So uh, that's why I went to uni in the first place. So I can get a degree and just go, hey, this says I can do this thing. Please hire me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'll see where the wind takes me, basically. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. I
3: love that. I love that. Um, All right. So normally we end these interviews with a very philosophical question from Mary Catherine Carr. Uh, she is did not submit any questions for this particular interview. We don't have audience questions, but I will do my best to channel a Mary Catherine Carr interview question for you. Um, oh. If you could bring any dinosaur back to life to be your friend, your little buddy,
4: your pal, who would it be and why? I mean, I have to say Triceratops, don't I? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would actually go with Triceratops, to be honest. Just a little, little Triceratops buddy looking all cute. And, yeah, be a little friend.
3: My only concern about that would be uh, that scene in Jurassic Park where Dr. Ellie Statler is digging through the literal mountain
4: uh. <laughs> of Triceratops poop. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe that might be a byproduct. I'll, I'll make sure to potty train it.
3: <laughs> yes, make it poop in the neighbor's yard, not yours.
4: True.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh well, Ben, thank you so much for having the having the time to sit with us today and go over all of this. We really appreciate it. Yeah. I uh, can't wait to see how your bot does in the Battle Box this year. And I can't wait to see you guys fighting again soon.
4: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World.
1: Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're headed back to Japan where robotic spiders what <laughs> could soon invade the country's sewer
0: system. But oh, uh, poop-covered spiders? Robot spiders? Really?
1: <laughs> the robotic spiders are currently just prototypes designed to crawl through the country's 304,000 miles of sewer pipes to identify which pipes need maintenance. Japan's sewer infrastructure is nearing its standard service life and the country is worried that it doesn't have enough people to survey all of its sewage systems. The robot spiders are outfitted with 360-degree cameras and work together in three spider teams, with one robot navigating, one robot inspecting, and one robot performing simple fixes.
0: Ew. What happened to Carl? (laughs) Carl... It's only 304,000 <coughs> miles of sewer pipes.
1: Can you imagine just the image of like thousands of little robotic spiders just seeping out? Like I know people have fears of like of snakes coming through their toilet, <laughs> but like what if, you know, you you look down and now there are robotic spiders coming up for you?
0: I mean, if the, what, like a team of three of these came up through your high-end toilet, you're sitting there in Tokyo, and then all of a sudden they, they regard you as a blockage, what happens? <laughs> it's just a simple fix. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a 360-degree camera I don't want to see. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh.
0: This... this <laughs> Andy Dufresne would be proud. That's a Shawshank Redemption... Yes.
2: Yeah. Right. Lindsay, you've seen Shawshank Redemption or no? Uh,
1: Multiple times. Yes.
2: Oh, good. This is one of those those movies that you have seen, because I know there's like an extensive list that you haven't.
1: Yeah, because they're mostly just crappy action movies and I have no interest.
0: Did you see Poop Spiders 4 (laughs) on the sci-fi channel?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I saw number three, number five, but I missed number four.
0: I remember when Sharknado first came out, and this is like when it was becoming an an international uh, sensation, I had uh, a tweet storm that I was just firing at the sci-fi channel with other ideas that I had, and one of them was actually um, Spider Volcano. Wow. Oh. Yeah, so it erupts spiders, uh, which, you know, it doesn't even need a tagline. That's just pretty much like... uh, Crap!
2: Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, I mean the the poop spiders. The uh, you know you, you got to imagine if each spider team breaks down after like a mile, you need to have three hundred four thousand spider teams. So what is that? A million poop spiders oh. that are out there. They each get a mile. Is that right? I, I I saw the the video of the prototype, and they're walkers. They're like little. Kind of walking spiders, and I'm like, I is that the best mode of locomotion in a in a sewer system? You know, are they walkers or shufflers? Because I shuffle when I have to go to the
1: bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh no!
2: They're fully oh. art- articulated chomp style walkers. You know
1: why? I mean, I, wh- why is it? I have a lot of questions, yeah, I do wonder why the walking mechanism is the best. It seems like the legs could get kind of uh enveloped
0: in material I guess <laughs> I guess um their original plan was they were gonna use mechanum wheels mm. uh but then they decided uh to go with uh the other option. Uh, which was um, the the walking legs? Uh, so they ended up with idea
2: number two. Oh my god! Jeez,
1: that was a a long walk to get to that one.
2: I mean, I I, I would just do hovercrafts, you know, like just go full battle boats, you know, three uh, hovercrafts? team a team of <laughs> team of three hovercrafts, you know, going through the pipe and uh, you know, kind of floating on top of all of the material, you know.
0: Friday night on sci-fi. Hover craps. <laughs> what happens when a million autonomous spiders come out of your toilet? Hovercraps. craps.
1: <laughs> Floating spiders. I don't like it. Uh, however, this is one job that I feel like is okay for robots to take away from humans. Tell
0: that to Carl.
1: Carl probably is happy to.
0: Mm. Well, that's, it. that's about it for us today. And Carl. We'll be back in. We want. Well, first of all, we want to thank Nicole for editing this week's episode. Thank you so much, Nicole. You do such a great job. Uh, we love you. We'll be back in your feed next week with another mystery guest. We'll see you then, folks. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.